everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I have a fantastic episode for you today. If you know deep down that you want to make art, but often find yourself making excuses, this episode is really going to get you thinking. I am chatting with abstract artist Pamela Bates. Pamela worked in marketing and design for 22 years until a visit to the Gardner Art Museum in Boston changed the direction of her life. She realised that what she really wanted to do was paint and since that moment she's been doing exactly that. Painting, exploring, healing, growing and embracing all aspects of living a creative life. In this episode Pam shares her story and we dig in deep with the mindset side of making art. I have to say this conversation gave me tingles and it's been inspiring me ever since. And if you want to see how that's been playing out, make sure that you check out the vlog. In this week's episode, I get started on a big abstract canvas. Make sure you check out the show notes for all the details of this episode and for a link to the vlog as well. With that said, let's get straight into the episode. I hope that you enjoy it and it inspires you as much as it inspired me. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. I saw your Instagram post when I woke up this morning over on Stories and it was really nice just to see your face and hear you talk about coming onto the podcast. I'm excited. I really have truly admired your work since, I think honestly, since I was on, since I started uh, on Instagram, uh, since I started painting and posting and I think your work is beautiful. So I'm I'm honoured to be asked to be a guest and especially among so many other uh, amazing artists that you've had on. Well, I I absolutely love your abstract style and the way that you use the bright colours with some of the the light, spacious areas. I was having a look at your feed and I thought, that that looks great. And I really, yeah, I enjoy following you over on Instagram too. Oh, thank you. So anyway, I thought that today it would be wonderful if we could talk a little bit about your story and how you got into art. So can you let us know how that happened? Absolutely. I've been a very creative person my entire life. And uh, I had, you know, I've always been creating in some sort of way, but I hadn't really picked up a brush and, you know, I just dabbled, you know, throughout my life. And I had my own uh, business for 22 years and I helped small business people grow through marketing and advertising and design, through branding design, et cetera, et cetera, PR, all of it. I was the girl with many, many hats. And I got to a point in my life where there was a lot of challenging things kind of around me, not necessarily personally. And it was just a just a hard time. And my sister suggested that we go to the uh, Gardner Museum in Boston. And I had not been. And this museum is amazing. You walk in and it's an amazing courtyard that just takes your breath away. Then I stepped to the side into the Spanish cloister and in front of me was John Singer Sargent's masterpiece, El Jaleo, which is, um, El Jaleo is the size of an entire wall and Isabella Stewart Gardner had Moorish arches put in specifically to frame this beautiful painting. It was beautiful and, and I was really just, uh, you know, astounded by it. And then the guard came in and said, I haven't even put the lights on. And he put the light on and it literally blew me back across the room. It took my breath away. It blew me back across the room and I was forever changed. I knew that when I got home, I needed to 
pick up a brush again because I really had not been painting. I'd really been designing on the computer all day, every day, attached to technology. And it was kind of sucking the joy out of my life, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. And I picked up a brush and I thought, oh my goodness, uh, this is what I need to be doing. So I just continued along my merry way. And then I really just got to a point where I thought this really is like, this is speaking to my soul. It feels right every time I pick up a brush. This is what I need to be doing. I need to transition from what I'm doing. And so I started to transition from uh, my longtime business to painting. And I'm still, you know, in semi in that, you know, I'm not to where I want to be. I have very few clients left from my old business. I just, just a couple of former clients that I do ongoing work for, but really I'm concentrating on painting and growing that business. So, you know, it's a process, but I uh, can't even express how much joy painting brings, brings me. I'm just so happy that I discovered it at this point in my life. You know, I'm, I'm in my fifties and it's a big transition, but it's right. It's amazing to hear you talk about how you how you discovered that and then you just went for it. I did. I did just go for it and thankfully my husband is very supportive of everything everything I do, every idea that I have. Once you had a look at that painting and it had that impact on you and you said that you knew that you needed to go pick up your paintbrushes. Did you have any idea what you wanted to paint or what did you actually do? I really didn't have any idea what I wanted to paint. I just picked up a brush. Uh, Laura, I didn't even have, I didn't even have, I didn't have supplies. I mean, I didn't have watercolor paper. I had no art paper because I just had not been creating in that way. So I got like a, a really inexpensive, say, sketchbook with like, you know, it was like copy paper. It was mm. not any special paper and I just started I, I don't know I did a, I did a, a little bit of uh, not typography but painting letters and sayings and then it just kind of progressed from there and I just you know looked to see who I admired former painters that are no longer with us and that everybody knows whether it be Monet and then you know I started looking at Instagram in a new way because I really I'd been using it for branding I'd for my branding designs. And then I started to look at more and more artists and, and uh, with regard to abstract, that was something that never really spoke to me. Like Mo I would say Monet, Renoir, I, you know, I really loved the Impressionists uh, throughout my life, all art, but particularly the Impressionists. And then I started seeing abstract art and, and it just kind of started speaking to me in a new way. I finally connected with it and understood it. And maybe it was just the point in my life that I was at uh, with so many different things going on. Yeah, it just connected with me and I just kept painting. I just kept painting, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> you know, isn't that what we have to do? You just keep painting and you grow in different directions and you, you kind of fine tune what you like, what you don't like, what you like to explore, uh, what makes you the happiest when you're painting it. And I do paint a little bit of everything still, seascapes, landscapes, but abstract is truly where my heart and soul is. Do you come to your paintings with any idea of how they're going to turn out or is it very much in the moment that things happen? I'd say the majority of the time it's in the moment. I might have 
you know, palette ideas and some ideas for marks maybe that I want to incorporate or something that I've seen that sticks in my head, whether it's been, you know, a walk in nature. I get a lot of inspiration from the beach that I grew up on, uh, whether it's the seaweed uh, and all of that. I, I gain inspiration from that and kind of translate that in an abstract way when I get to the canvas. Sometimes I I have a mantra in mind, words, it depends on what I'm painting, especially when I'm painting for commissions and for most of my paintings. I start with some words, you know, a feeling that I want to express, whether it's love or growth or hope. And I just put pencil to canvas or paper and I almost always, I mean, really always, I don't know who I'm kidding. I start with pencil and I mark either the canvas or the paper. And then I go from there and then I lay paint over it and then the pencil may come back. But it's really kind of a free flowing uh, exchange of energy between myself and really, I guess, three things like myself, the the universe's muse. I, kind of, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of just a conduit for you know, something that has to come out and I'm, I'm just the, the conduit for that. So most often free flowing and very intuitive in nature, whether I'm inspired by something I saw or something I heard or a moment, you know, these small moments that make up life and make life beautiful inspire me. But for the most part, intuitively. I love the way that you described starting with a mantra or a word or something like that. That's a beautiful entry point for a painting process. It really is. And I I do like to take just a moment and think about Number one, how blessed I am to be painting, how grateful I am to have art supporters. I mean, I really, there's just so much to be thankful for as an artist. I, I really do like to take a moment before I even begin with the pencil to kind of just uh, center myself on that gratefulness and then move from there. And uh, as you know, when you're going through a painting, you can go through a range of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> so do you work uh, primarily on canvas or paper or can you tell us a little bit about the, I guess, the materials that you use? Sure. Uh, when I started painting, you know, with a mission to get better and better and transition, I was mainly working on paper in watercolor and then I started painting with acrylic and I immediately fell in love uh, on the first canvas. I was like, oh, this is this is something for me. I'm going to say pretty much 50-50, Laura. Some 50% of the time I'm working on canvas, some 50% of the time I'm working on paper. Yeah, I was just going to say I have a very similar kind of approach to my art. I split my time across smaller works on paper and then I just feel like you get a lot of I get a different energy from the two ways of working. Absolutely. Uh, the medium is the message, <laughs> Marsha McLuhan. That's from my broadcasting, <laughs> my broadcasting degree. Um, yeah, it, it truly is though, because, and even I'm sure you find this, even when you're using paper, if you're using different paper or different paint, you see different movement, uh, you see different reactions with the way it moves with a certain paper or a certain paint how it behaves and the same for canvas uh, whether you're using say high flow acrylics on a canvas versus uh, heavy body acrylics it's it's completely different and I really think that's why it's so important to keep experimenting and see what it is that you like that you as an artist 
like. Have you made any new discoveries recently? Well, let's see. Uh, this year has been challenging. <laughs> I, uh, I had a flare of psoriatic arthritis in starting last January, and it is it affected my right index finger, which happens to be my dominant hand. So I was really unable to paint uh, with my dominant hand because it was quite painful. And also I lost range of motion in my finger. I said, well, you know, nothing has stopped me yet. And this certainly isn't going to because I know how much painting heals. Uh, it's helped me through a lot in my life challenges, uh, losing my dad, moving through grief. And I knew that I had to paint to also heal uh, physically and emotionally with this um, this flare that I was going, that I've been going through. So I started with my non-dominant hand and guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I can paint with my non-dominant hand. And I bet Almost all of us can if we just throw a little judgment out the window and allow the process to be what it is. Did you paint an entire painting in your non-dominant hand? Oh, I did a lot. Yeah. I didn't I didn't generally work in I'm trying to think if I did any acrylics. I don't think I was working in acrylic on the canvas, but I worked on paper like a mad woman. <laughs> it was literally meditative and healing. So I did. I painted work that I really love in the end. And I wouldn't have really discovered all of that and seen that you can kind of even step out of these kinds of boxes that are forced on us or challenges, but you can. You can find different ways of doing things. There's certainly plenty of people out there who are painting with much bigger uh, physical limitations than myself. Yeah, I just think of Matisse. You know, I think I think of that picture of Matisse in bed with that giant paintbrush and you know he's in an incapacitated in an incapacitated way but he knew that he still had to create and he's he found a way yeah it's it's amazing when you see stories like that and hear stories like yourself because really anyone can make art I certainly get that sense of from chatting to you how much you believe in that that anyone can get into it and do it I could not agree more I, I truly can't. It it makes me kind of sad in my soul when people say, oh, I can't create. Sure you can. <laughs> yes, you can. You just have to be less judgmental of yourself because, you know, people are likely judging themselves against people who have been painting for lifetimes. That's really not being fair to themselves. And you have to start somewhere. Uh, I think if you just, you know, if you're a little shy about that, I just think you can pick up a paintbrush, you can pick up a pencil, and, and you also have to experiment and find out what is your way of creating. And there's so many ways of creating. Uh, creating a home is a way of creating. Uh, I think that being creative is literally what separates us from, I, I guess, all of the other animals on this earth of ours that makes us the human race yeah. is our ability yeah, to create. That's a beautiful way of looking at it, like just how blessed we are that we have this capacity to be creative. And it's interesting what you said about how people say, you know, I can't draw or I, I don't have an artistic bone in my body and all that sort of stuff. I get that all the time. <laughs> it's I one bet of, you do. It's one of the first things that 
particularly when I'm just out and about in my general day-to-day life chatting to someone you know at the supermarket or at the school drop-off or something and you get talking about what you do I'm always amazed at just how quick people are to tell me that they're not creative at all isn't that interesting that that they're so quick to to Mm. Yeah, and like you, it it makes me sad in a way because you described it very well when you said creativity can be anything and I think many people think of creativity as being able to accurately draw a portrait or something like that you know well it's so much more than that (laughs) it's it's so much more than that Mm. and I I mean you see it every day with um, oh just different artists that I've connected with or different artists that I admire you can create in so many different ways so many different it's endless it's endless so how how long have you been painting for I know you mentioned that you dabbled in it a while but how long has it been that you have had a regular art practice I feel it's so hard to keep track now because it's been a crazy it's been a crazy few years with a lot of uh things going on with you know aging parents and then my dad passing so that kind of interrupted my flow I think it's been three years it might be four Laura and not long enough but all I can do (laughs) is go from here you know if I could back it up uh you know I would but I can't and that that's a lesson for people too is that uh you just have to go from where you are. I love your story so much because you were working in business for such a long time and you've stepped into this fairly recently, but you're, you know, you're making that transition and getting more and more into your art as you go. Um, what have you done on the business side of things? So you mentioned that you do commissions. Um, do you sell original art, prints, teach can you tell us a little bit about the art biz side of things absolutely so number one yes I do commissions and I've worked with some amazing people I I have one on my easel right now that is for my collectors she's celebrating herself she's turning 50 and she decided to celebrate herself and purchase a painting commission (laughs) which is makes it so special and she's just a really lovely beautiful soul so I'm really I've been able to meet her in person she's actually I did not know her we connected on Instagram Uh, And I just met her face to face at the exhibit, my exhibit opening in August. Uh, So that was really exciting. And she's everything I thought she would be and more just beautiful. So yeah, I do commissions and have done commissions for people. I don't know if I've done commissions outside of this country and shipped, but it's certainly a possibility. And then uh, originals. I sell a lot of originals. I have the means to do prints, but I haven't gotten down on my list that far. I have an amazing printer that I used to use for my illustrations when I was working on the computer. So that's something that I want to uh, offer in the future for sure. Uh, Mostly originals right now. I've done uh, classes uh, in person that have been amazing. The class in January was just amazing, like such an amazing group of people. And some who really felt that they could not create, Laura. (laughs) I can't paint that. Well, you know what? You're here, so you've taken the first step. Uh, So I have taught my soul-fueled watercolor class in person and have, uh, I'm trying to work out a a date with um, where my exhibit is being held. 
she does different events as well. So we're working on a date for me to do a class there. And um, I'm excited about that. I've been doing some creative shift sessions online, which is a different kind of teaching, uh, but I guess it's still teaching. I, I feel funny calling myself a teacher. I feel more kind of like a, a guide and a instigator or pusher, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I did some beta testing for creative shift sessions, which really I did this summer as one-on-one -on -one video sessions online. And I worked with artists from Israel to, oh gosh, I'm trying to think, I think the West Coast, uh, the West Coast of the United States and, and, and several places in between. One gal just, she wanted to paint bigger. She wanted to paint acrylics. Now she's an artist. She's a, a calligrapher and she does watercolors that go with her calligraphy, a lot of wedding work. But she wanted to step out of that to just try acrylics and was just kind of frozen about uh, laying paint to canvas. And uh, so uh, that was, of course, the first thing that we did. <laughs> said well we're going to get over this block immediately because uh, we're just going to we're going to work some pencil and then we're going to lay paint to canvas once we got through and this is the rewarding part of this uh, she sent me a dm on instagram and said once i broke through that with you in that call i painted till four o'clock in the morning uh, <laughs> that's brilliant. so really rewarding so she was a creative breakthrough. And then uh, some of my other creative shifters were the business side of creative blocks, you know, wanting to take their business further. What's the next step? I'm frozen. I don't know what to do next. And to that, either business-wise or creatively, I would just say, just take a step. <laughs> just don't worry about knowing how the whole entire picture is going to unfold. Just take the next step. That's such important advice just to focus on the next thing. <laughs> the next thing because otherwise it's overwhelming and then and then you're you've got a big brick wall in front of you that uh, you're kind of and and I've done it too and there's certain things that I likely you know we're all always growing that I certainly probably still do it. Uh, with uh, you, and you got to break through them yeah I don't yeah. know yeah my husband and I often talk about the kind of idea of the one thing like when we're thinking about what we're going to do each day we try and focus on just getting one thing done and then <laughs> if you get that done yeah. well then move yeah. on to the next like we used to have three or four and often we do get three or four things done but now we try and just figure out what's our one one thing that we want to finish yeah I love that idea. Does it does it feel like it takes like some of the pressure off? Yeah, I used to just get completely overwhelmed by all the different things I could be doing and like it would stop me just like you were talking about. I it, I would think so I could be I should be painting, I should be updating my website, I should be sending out a newsletter, I should be contacting one of my commission clients, all of that and I just it would be paralyzing. So I had to do it's a, a vicious lot, cycle. Yeah, I had to do a lot of work around how I approach each day to be able to be healthier, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of um, I've grown a lot since I've been dealing with, well, healing from grief was huge. You know, the loss of my dad was huge. So moving through grief was huge. I couldn't I couldn't paint really for a month. I, I really just couldn't. I just 
couldn't do it. And then working through the healing of psoriatic arthritis and autoimmune disease, I've just grown so much, you know, shifting and continuing, continuing to shift, see where I need to grow, see what I need to change to support healing. That's really where a lot of my change has come in the last couple of years, see what I need to do and change to support my own healing and growth. Some beautiful things come through that. So what would you say are some of the things that you have changed that have supported your healing? Oh, where do I start? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. My diet. I did change my diet and started fueling myself uh, with more loving kindness and care meditating. Uh, I started meditating over a year ago now on a daily basis. And then when the second flare came this past winter, I started meditating twice a day. So at the beginning of my day and right before I go to bed, you know, I started with just an app. I think it's head. I think I started with Headspace, like they're trial. And I thought, you know, this works for me. And then I found other uh, meditations on YouTube. And that has been, I cannot express what a difference meditation has meant to my life, really, for kind of what you were talking about, like shifting the mindset paradigm of, you know, just one of them, I have to get it all done. How can I get this all done? And we're constantly go, 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 instead of allowing the flow of things the way we should likely allow the flow of things. I got back on my yoga mat, which uh, had been gathering dust. (laughs) (laughs) Like Uh, mine is at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, you know, previously when I had been consistent with my yoga, it really had transformed my life, but it had been gathering dust for quite a while. I got back on my yoga mat, did that for myself. Currently, I'm sketching in my sketchbook daily so that I... uh, Because when you're working in art as a business, as you know, there's the business side of things. Um, And it's not just marketing. Like right now I'm working through some financial stuff for accounting. You know, there's all of that and more. So to get my sketch in daily is that's transformative. And if people say that they don't have time to do something like that, I just call them on it. That's just it's baloney. (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah. my sketches in my sketchbook take me, honestly, Laura, some of them, maybe a minute. I'm just freeforming. I'm marking the paper with pencil and then I'm adding some paint. It's just really to get in that process of creating on a daily basis. So when do you do it and how do you make sure that you that you don't, I guess, procrastinate or put up barriers to it? Do you have it out somewhere that's easy to access? It, I actually, I do. It's been on my kitchen table is where my sketchbook has been sitting during this. And, and this started, this practice of uh, the daily sketchbook. Now, I worked in a sketchbook, but the daily sketchbook, I did a challenge with myself, I think in June or July, like a I think July, 30 days, just to really, number one, as I was coming out of this, still moving out of the flare, I wanted to get back just working and painting on a regular, consistent basis. Because honestly, Laura, that is where so much growth lies as a creative person. I, you know, the consistency of, I think I grew quite a lot when I did my 100-day project in 2018. And again, there's it's the consistency. 
it's the doing it every day. It's making it a priority. And you do have to make it a priority, but it doesn't have to be hard. It really, we make things so much harder than they have to be. Yeah, I've chatted about this on the podcast before because I used to be one of those artists that if I didn't have a decent block in the studio, like a few hours, I felt like I couldn't get anything done. It's only recently that I've started to embrace the 10 minute speedy sesh that I've been doing where even though I'm busy with a lot of other things as the business grows and as a mother yeah I'm not a, I'm not a mom um so that's an extra challenge that I mean I just think you mothers are amazing <laughs> amazing I have no words and you do kind of have to again it's like allowing that flow if that's where you are right now is that you are kind of broken up into different, not broken up, but pulled different ways, uh, whether it's your business or whether it's your children or other responsibilities. Like with me, it's been my parents aging, you know, so I'm, I'm there, I've been there for them to deal with that. You know, it's, you're, you, you're always pulled, everybody's pulled in so many different directions, but you have to make a priority. You just have to decide. You have to make it a priority and just, I think sometimes it's just the deciding. That's literally the biggest thing is just saying, I'm going to set aside a little, I don't need a lot, a little time each day to create. I talked to my friend, Marissa Huber, who is uh, part of Carve Out Time for Art. And uh, she had been talking to an artist and she wasn't creating. This gal was not creating. She was, oh, my stuff's in the closet. I have all the supplies, but I have nowhere to create. And you know, as I just mentioned to you, my sketchbook has been sitting on my kitchen table. I said, do you have a kitchen table? You know, we both talked to her. And I said, you have an entire closet full of supplies. What on earth are you doing? Stop making, you're making excuses and you're making it harder for yourself. Uh, by the end of us talking to her, I think we were on a little live, you know, a shared screen on uh, Instagram. She was, she had created a painting, Yeah. you know, so you work with what you have. The supplies don't have to be expensive. You just have to decide that you're going to create whatever it is that you're trying to break through and make time for. You just have to decide. Yeah, I completely agree. It's a mindset thing more than anything. It really is because I see so many moms uh, creating every day and so many people that are pulled in so many different directions. It, a lot of the shifting, it's just mindset. And it takes work. I've worked a lot on, on shifting paradigms in my life. And, you know, things that we've heard over and over and over again, oh, you can't make money at art, you know, the starving artist. I don't buy into that. I refuse to buy into that because uh, I see so many people who are finding their way and making making a way for themselves as well by not accepting that paradigm and shifting. Uh, you know, they have something to offer the world and there's always somebody out there who appreciates your art right where it is. I think that's another important thing. Yeah, so I, I think a lot of it is mindset. So are you offering the creative shift sessions at the moment or can you tell tell us a little bit more about that in case anyone's interested in chatting with you and working through some of these things? Absolutely. So I did the beta testing with uh, these this lovely bunch of creatives this summer and it was very insightful and um I think I gained as much as they did. And again, they were all one-on-one -on -one sessions with me via video, online video. So Skype, or I think we actually did it just via Instagram 
let's see. So I'm kind I'm in the process of figuring out how exactly I want to offer them, but I am always available for one-on-one -on -one sessions hands down. That's, you know, that's an easy it, it, that's just an easy way to do things and I think it really helped the people that I worked with feel like they were progressing quite a bit, you know, in a short period of time. So we did a few sessions and I would give uh, some feedback after the first session. I would talk to them before we started about the things that they want to address. What are their sticking points? What walls do they want to break through? Uh, what creative blocks or business blocks do they have? So uh, I'm prepared. And then uh, the sessions were just really uh, free flowing and getting to know each other and me assisting them breaking through the blocks. And if it wasn't the business, physically uh, painting together. So me on my screen, them on theirs, and painting and working through things together. Uh, so that is definitely always offered. And then I'm trying to see, do I want to offer it as a program? Uh, and if so, what's the best way to do that? So I'm still getting feedback from people and I'm not quite there yet, but it is something that I'm working on in this last few months uh, of this year. Uh, but again, yeah, always the one-on-one -on -one for sure. And then I'm also working on, as you know, you were also a, a guest teacher on True Colors. What a fun experience that was. Uh, and I really enjoyed a teaching, uh, you know, filming and that whole process of teaching. I got such amazing feedback from the participants in True Colors, the, the members who took my course and uh so i would like to explore that a little more you've got that down pat <laughs> you've, yeah you've been at it longer than i have and you you you're proof positive that you know that you don't have to be a starving artist that you can make your way and you can make it a business and you just have to find different ways that work and as artists you know just creating in different ways whether it's uh creating original artwork selling prints uh, licensing, classes. There's so many ways to explore, but those are the things that I'm uh, focused on right now. Number one, we discussed before prints because my archival printer is just dying to be printing some, some artwork. <laughs> so Okay. So you've Epson, got, you've yeah, got it all set up. I have an, yeah, I have an Epson, yeah, an Epson archival printer and it prints amazing quality archival uh, giclee prints really really beautiful yes we have we have an epson too we got it quite a long time ago but same it's it's a beautiful archival prints they're fantastic quality yeah. but ours are is you, gathering dust a bit at the moment <laughs> well are you doing through are you printing through a printer now because I, you know it is it's time consuming process to do the whole printing. So then you have to weigh as a business person, is this time that I'm spending doing it this way myself, the best way, or should I outsource it? So we still do some prints ourselves. Um, but we also work with a print lab too. So you know what we're who we're working with and all that and the sizes and stuff like that. If we want to go bigger, then we go to the print lab. But yeah, it's it's exactly like you say. You've got to figure out where where do you want to put your energy. What are the things that you enjoy, and what are the things I guess that are good for the business too? You know, the more viable things. So continue on. You were talking about your folk, what your focus is. So you mentioned the prints, getting that off the ground. Yeah. So the prints, painting. <laughs> yes, painting. I want to be painting the most. That's what I you know. So growing. 
my collector base, uh, you know, for my original artwork is, you know, probably where my heart and soul lies. But I love creating in any way and encouraging other people to create. So uh, the prints allow other people to collect that may not be able to afford a larger piece. Because honestly, Laura, I think anybody can be a collector. It, it's not something that is reserved for the rich and famous. I think that everybody should own original art. And while the prints give you another option, uh, there's so much art out there at affordable prices that uh, there's, you know, I just want people to know that they can be collectors. Uh, so growing, growing my collector base, uh, the creative shift sessions and whether I turn that into a program that I'm thinking like a self-paced program. You know, I'd love to explore licensing more, but that might be a little bit down the line. But I would like to explore products, perhaps different products, whether it's, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking a scarf is, you know, what I have sticking in my head, you know, with my artwork on it. You know, I'm throwing ideas, brainstorming in my head what what direction I would want to go. But really just different ways of getting my art into the world. Yeah, I can imagine your artwork on fabric. <laughs> yeah, 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 on a scarf or some kind of textiles, yeah. It's funny, you can't always see things because you're too close to it. Uh, so that I, that's interesting to hear that feedback. So you mentioned about growing your collector base. Where do most of your collectors come from? I'd say Instagram currently. I was wondering I'd that, abs- yeah. Yeah, absolutely Instagram. You know, I'm still trying to drive people to my website. I would like to explore Pinterest a little more because I I, I don't know it well, but I do think that they're, you know, it's a search engine, Pinterest. So when people are on there, you know, they're searching for something specific. So uh, that's something I would like to give a little time to, I think, in the next year and see if I can connect with more people that way. Uh, My email list. I used to have an Etsy shop when I was doing my illustrations but I haven't had one since I've been creating fine art. Uh, So that's something I'm considering just as a means, really, Laura, to reach more people. Exhibits. uh, This year has kind of been my year uh, where the last few have been a little crazy, taking me away (laughs) from the painting, dealing with life. Uh, This has kind of been my year to do personal one-on-one outreach in my area and grow my, I guess, collector base and my contacts and exposure in my own home area here on the seacoast of New Hampshire. So I've had, well, I guess I started last last October, I was uh, lucky to be in a group exhibit in Boston. Then I had my own exhibit above my friend's amazing restaurant. She had a beautiful room and I had my own exhibit there. Creating opportunities for myself, getting it, getting the work up, creating a body of work, getting it up, getting people there to see my, it's really different when people see your work face to face, you know, in person than it is when you're looking online. You know, we can take a million pictures and videos, but seeing art in person is a totally different experience uh, so really trying to get out there like that. And then I uh, just uh, I'm in the midst of another exhibit in Portsmouth right now that runs through October. Again, just seeing opportunities uh, that the universe is kind of presenting me with, uh, seeing the signs and acting on them. It's that taking that next step again. So 
to to grow as a business. I'm a big believer in what you're doing, like getting out in your local community and doing the exhibitions and talking to people and having your art on display. It's it's really important to do that and the connections you make and how things grow from there is incredible. It really is. And I've done festivals. I've done uh, pop-ups at West Elm, which uh, I don't know if you have West Elm in Australia. I think we do have West Elm. We don't have it where I live, but we do have it in Australia. It's a great store. It's a home home goods store. So furniture, uh, pillows, homewares, uh, and they're very supportive of creative people in their communities. And they're all over the United States. So uh, they're very supportive. So they, and myself and many artists that I know have done pop-ups yeah, at West Yeah, I've seen them on Instagram, the pop-ups. And I have i don't know any other store that does something like that. It's its fantastic that they get behind it's local artists. It's really an amazing thing. And I can't give them enough props for uh, doing that. I really can't. And they have different, let's see, they have different ways of supporting artists. They have the pop-ups and then they have like local featured artists that do different uh, products that are offered for sale in the store. And then they do a challenge through, I think it's minted, where an artist is chosen and then the work is reproduced and offered at West Elm. So they're, they're very supportive. And those have been great. I will say this. I did have one that was in the middle of a snowstorm. It was a Valentine's uh, pop-up and it was dead. But it didn't matter, Laura, because I I made such great connections with there was three, two or three other, I think three other um, women who were doing pop ups for their work at the same time. So it was a group pop up. We each had our own area and I made connections with them. And the thing is, you just never know at these events who you are going to meet. Who is going to lead you to your next opportunity? So even when you have a case like that, that weather was not on our side and kind of threw a wrench into things, I still made really valuable contacts with the people that I did meet. Uh, That's happened along the way at each event. Uh, You know, I'll just say one, 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 for instance, was a local festival that I did in the next town. And it was, it's, I think it was their first year doing it. So it was fairly new and there wasn't, you know, the crowds weren't beating the door down, let's put it that way, because it was new and people were kind of investigating. Now, I did sell, um, but I did meet this one woman who didn't buy anything that day, but we had a lovely connection. We had a wonderful discussion about art and my art and my process. And that's the thing with these in-person events is you get to talk to people one-on-one and, and tell them your story. And that, oh my goodness, I can't you cannot underestimate the power of that. So she did not purchase that day, but she did purchase after that. And she's purchased again and she's purchased bigger and then she purchased bigger. So these are the things I mean with uh, growing a business. You know, you have to pay attention to the signs. You have to put yourself out there. Uh, that's the only way you're going to make connections, whether it's online or offline. You know, this year being focused on my local area, you kind of, I guess the way to grow a big following, I just read this in the last couple of days and I don't know who said it. I don't know where I read it, whether it was on Instagram. To grow a big following, 
you have to grow a small following mm. first. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's so true though, isn't it? Because we've it all got to start is. somewhere. We all started with no followers and on Instagram or no buyers of our art. We all had to have that first sale. <laughs> that first sale to a person you didn't know? <laughs> <laughs> Because where would we be without our family and our friends? Uh, it's so funny. I remember the first piece of art that I sold. My husband actually sold it without me knowing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Because he uh, showed a friend. And at this stage, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about selling my art. I was just doing it as a hobby. He showed a friend and the friend loved it. And he, he was like, can I buy that? And he's like, yeah, sure, you can buy it. <laughs> and he sold it. And he knew I wouldn't mind because it wasn't something I was a super attached to but he wanted to he wanted to show me you know the possibility that I could sell my work so he he sold a piece for me and <laughs> that's that's interesting that we both have very supportive Irish husbands who believe in our dreams oh yeah <laughs> or the possibilities you know knowing the possibilities sometimes you just need that little nudge don't you that little nudge oh, you, the encourager when, some yeah, oh, we're good at doubting ourselves. You know, I think that's just human questioning. Uh, <laughs> but, but what if we flip it and think about the possibilities instead of what could go right instead of what could go wrong? It is so easy to think about, you know, like what could go wrong. Like I remember even when we started the podcast, like I, I had no idea that we would have a podcast. This is, again, my husband's way of, you know, putting me in a room with a microphone and just telling me we're doing this. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know, but I would be thinking about all the things that could go wrong, whereas he would be thinking about all the things that could go right. You know, he's encouraged me a lot to be braver. In fact, I think the whole art journey has been about becoming braver. All those little steps, like you talked about, like taking one step. Every time you take one of those steps, you just get that little bit more confident. It's true. You feel very vulnerable putting your art out there to the world because obviously people... Uh, can judge but so what let them judge if your art is not for them they can move on there's art there's art out there for everybody if my art isn't somebody's cup of tea that I, I don't I'm okay with that I guess you have to become okay with that be kinder to yourself like stop judging ourselves uh, you're creating something you're making something from nothing and putting it out into the world that alone is brave it does get easier I think it's kind of it's a muscle Laura I think it's a muscle that we have to exercise I agree with you and from my experience too I would say it does get easier over time you, it is a muscle you build it up and you become more confident and you surprise yourself with the things that you can do amaze yourself every day if you let yourself half of I think half of it is just getting out of your own way yes yes that is so true. We're the ones that put the barriers up and we are the ones that make things harder than they need to be. It truly is. I talked about it in my stories today. I've been tackling like the financial end of business in the last few weeks, which has, and I will, here's my mind shift, I would say is not my forte, but I'm changing that. It has, it has previously not been my forte. It's, you know, but I am working on changing that and I'm taking one step at a time to do that. And you, that's all it is, is just that one step at a time. I was talking about it today on Instagram stories, just about, I had to shut my own brain up <laughs> saying that I couldn't do it and just show myself that I could do it. 
give yourself a little space and don't be so judgmental of ourselves when we're learning something new. I think you said that in one of your podcasts about you're learning something new. So just cut yourself some slack. We talked in a podcast a long time ago about the, you know, done is better than perfect kind of concept and just recognizing that you're doing something new, get it done, doesn't have to be perfect keep you know putting one foot in front of the other and that's been really helpful because sometimes we have these perfectionistic streaks and uh, you know we want things to be perfect and we forget that we're we're always learning yeah I was talking about that literally tonight with my uh friend before I spoke before I started speaking with you we were talking about the perfect she's a teacher and uh, we were talking about the perfectionism thing really I've always been a believer that there is no there's just no such thing as perfection there just isn't there there's nothing you know nature is perfect in its own way but us humans were flawed and but we're perfectly imperfect and if we just uh realize that the sooner we realize that I think the happier we will be as people and as creatives that it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. I mean, your ideal of perfect, what I'm saying, there is no perfect, there is no perfect, but sometimes you just have to let go. Letting go isn't always easy, but again, that's something else that the, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Um, trusting the universe to guide you and and letting go of the control I think it comes down to control and it's it can be a lifelong process of letting go it is isn't it I think it truly is yeah but there's so much freedom that comes with cutting yourself a bit of slack across all sorts of areas one of my collectors this year uh, the painting that she bought is called the magic resides in the letting go and it was one of my first uh, acrylic pieces as I moved through the flare. It was the first larger, uh, one of the first larger pieces, I think maybe the second that I'd done. And uh, she connected with it. And here's following the signs of the universe. She commented on Instagram and I reached out to her because I saw she was local and she was involved in an interesting organization that I wanted to support. And they were having an auction. And I said, I want to donate, connected with her. And she said, hey, bring your artwork up to my open house tomorrow. I said, okay. (laughs) So I did. And I brought the painting with me that she had liked. And when she saw it in person, she was like, oh, my goodness. You know, her jaw dropped. And she knew that it, it was meant to be. It was hers. So she has it in her new business, which is a beautiful co-working space. And she steps off the elevator every day. And she said, I'm looking at my mantra every day the magic resides in the letting go i love that so much that is oh, just she's, that is beautiful she's just been such a blessing this year she's so lovely and such a beautiful soul and when somebody connects with your art like that it 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 really is a blessing and that is where i have my art on exhibit right now is at her beautiful co-working space so again that was all just from like following the signs taking the next step you know I just I just saw her feed and I was just blown away by the organization that she was involved in and reached out and said I would like to donate my art you know so it really is just kind of a uh, following I call them uh, my friend laughs at me the breadcrumbs of the universe you know the little breadcrumbs <laughs> the universe leaves I call them sparkly breadcrumbs to make them sound you know more special 
Oh, that's beautiful. I think just thinking about those sparkly breadcrumbs. And I agree with you. I feel like a lot of the good stuff that happens happens because you're aware and open to it. It's always there. But sometimes we're closed off to those little sparks or breadcrumbs. But when we're operating at a higher level and we're able to see those things those and grab onto those opportunities, then one thing just leads to another. It really does. It's quite amazing when you step back and allow that to happen and pay attention. That That's I've gone through a shift with that too, I think, in the past year or so, even more. Seeing the signs paying attention, being open to them. Being open is really a huge part of it. I think that's part of the create a huge part of the creative process too. Being open to it all, to the even the struggles. Uh, certainly there not every painting flows the way we want it to. It's part of the process, but learning to accept that that's part of the process and it doesn't make you good or bad that it's just part of the process. Wow, when you let go of that, that's a huge breakthrough creatively huge. I remember when I first started painting I just used to have bad painting days where I'd struggle and I'd get stuck and I'd get really frustrated and they were dark days some of those you know and they'd really question whether or not why would I even put myself through this like why paint if I'm going to feel so terrible about it and like you said when you get to a point where you can accept where you are in the process when you can be at ease with it that that truly is a breakthrough oh I think it's huge and you just said it so beautifully and yeah it can be a dark place uh it makes you question uh not only your creativity but so much personal stuff but that's the the amazing thing about art is that it's not just this creative force it's a life force of its own there's so much growth so much healing, so much, I don't know, exploring and learning and just everything all wrapped up into this just beautiful, into this beautiful creative force. Uh, But yes, there can be some really dark moments. And I think you get through a lot of that. I think some of that you get through just by sheer number of painting keep painting keep painting and learning to trust that uh, in the end it's gonna this is kind of what I mean mean by what I said at the beginning like you're just a conduit once you kind of step out of the way then you realize it, it the process will take care of itself when you allow it to take care of itself I think that trust in the process is, is huge huge and you know even trusting that process when it takes you into those darker places and one of you know and feeling those feelings like as you said that's that opening up where you're actually open to going wherever you need to go in your art journey and it doesn't always have to be pretty it doesn't always have to be happy you know it, it you can it's just, true you can go where it takes you and there's always something that you're going to learn and grow from it there's so much frustration I mean I've been frustrated I've certainly shed tears at 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 some points now that has not happened in a long time and I think that that it's the trust uh, the trust of the process but there's definitely those moments and then you have the other side of things when things just fly out and it's (laughs) easy and it's like that 
most amazing day in your studio. I know you know what I'm talking about. I know, I know that the complete high, you get the dancing around, the music's up. It's the most amazing thing you've ever done. (laughs) It is. But the only way to get there, I believe, is to go through the other stuff. I think that's the only way you get there. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It's been a gorgeous conversation. I've really enjoyed enjoyed it. I really (laughs) have too. And and truly, I've been an admirer of yours for so long. And uh, your work is beautiful. And I'm completely honored to be sharing this space with you today. Oh, thank you. And I wish you well as you work through some of the things that you're, you've got going on at the moment, your creative shift sessions, your prints. I'll be keeping an eye over on Instagram and, and there'll be links in the show notes so people can come over and have a look at what you're up to. That's, a, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, I really enjoyed myself and getting to know you better and hearing about your process and and. Uh, some of the things that you have dealt with in the studio, uh, you know, there's so, so many universal things that as creatives that we go through. And especially in this day and age, there's no reason to go through it alone. I know it's just so much better when we talk and connect with other artists and other people in general, just to open up and have conversations and share our experiences. I echo that sentiment. Well, thank you so much, Pam. It's been lovely. <laughs> thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. All okay, right, then. thanks a bunch. Bye. Salon. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in this week. And don't forget to go over to the show notes to check out all of Pam's links and also to catch up on our vlog. I love it as well when you share your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag Pam in them so she sees them too. Her Instagram handle is... Pamela J. Bates. Thanks again, everyone. I hope that you have a wonderful week and that you join us again next time.